folks, and welcome back to the Impassioned Art Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I'm going to be discussing my artistic journey that led me to what Impassioned Art is today and who I am as an artist. I'm excited to share this with you, and I so appreciate you listening along. say anything else I just want to say thank you for all of your patience with me taking a pause from this podcast I have been just receiving some um, intense spiritual experiences downloads whatever you want to call them Um, I've also just been very exhausted and there have just been so many times where I've sat down to record and it feels like no clarity is coming to me and even today I was trying to record about a topic that I tried to record about months ago and that same muddledness was coming so I don't think it's what I'm supposed to talk about right now and that's okay you know Um, it's time will come but today I so want to share with you about my journey, aka impassioned art. It is a story that's near and dear to me, and obviously it is just my story in a lot of ways. Um, And so yeah, let's just dive right in. So as a kid, I drew a lot. Like I would spend five hours a day drawing. I would look up Um, photos and I would draw like pretty hyper realistic portraits of people and um, I just had a super active imagination Um, but the one thing that really got in my way was I had these surreal images in my head that I really wanted to bring to life through drawing but I was such a perfectionist with it and I didn't feel like I had a repertoire of how to create beyond a photo Um, So I just always kind of fell short of getting some of these images that lived in me out of me. But I drew constantly and honestly, I'm wanting to get back to some of that drawing because there's really nothing so meditative for me as just hours of drawing. It really was such a huge, beautiful aspect of growing up. Um, So that's where things started. And I dipped my toes in other mediums, but usually it was just pencil or pen. And I, when, when choosing what I wanted to do for college, at the time I was definitely um, looking at wanting to be some kind of a pastor and being told that a lot of my gifts were in teaching and preaching, which is true. Um, and also growing up with people saying, Rachel, you should study art. And I always would push back and say, well, no, I shouldn't do that because I don't want to turn something I love into something I hate through, you know, this, through it being something I study or something I do for money. And I always hated art classes growing up because I didn't like having to follow their prompts. I just wanted to draw or paint whatever I wanted, wherever I wanted to. Uh, So that's kind of where I fell. So I decided to study communications in college. And I think that was the right choice because I those classes those professors at community college where I started off were just they still are very near and dear to my heart and I um, studied things I was super interested in 
but I eventually got to this point where I was in this class and there was a group project and it was a communications class and um, someone in the group offered to do like the graphic design visual aspects of this group project because they were studying it. And I just so clearly remember this moment inside me of realizing that that was lacking, that I couldn't go on um, to do anything with my life that didn't heavily encompass or involve the visual part of existence. And I just, it's so clear in my head. And I fought with it for a while and I was just like, well, I'm gonna, you know, that's not practical and this and that. And I just had all these internal voices and I truly did feel the Holy Spirit and um, the Trinity very much pressing upon me that like you were created to be an artist, like walk in that direction, trust that. And um, I I don't remember if I've mentioned this before, but um, I still have a relationship with the Trinity in my own way. And I have looked back over my life and thought like, did I just give these spirit guides the names of Jesus and God the Father and the Holy Spirit because that's what I grew up with. But now I, I truly believe that I've encountered those spirits. So I feel comfortable referring to my experiences with them, even though my spirituality has shifted since growing up in the church. So anyways, I start to realize I'm like, I need the visual aspect of everything. I just do. I've been denying myself. And soon after coming to terms with that and realizing that that's where I needed to head, somebody, like, I want to say days later, reached out and asked me to illustrate, um, like, to do sketches for uh, his short film. And it was this immediate synchronicity, this immediate alignment of, okay, yeah, this is the direction I'm supposed to go. Like, because for a while, I don't think, I hadn't drawn in maybe a year or not, or if not more. And so this coming up right after getting this other realization in college was very much like a, it was a divine, yes, you're going in the right direction by wanting to add um, the visual artistic side of things. So um, fast forward a bit more, I am still in community college and I'm taking now art history courses because I have, um, actually, let me back up real quick. So I went to Nazareth College for my last two years, and what ended up happening there is I was looking up, and honestly, I'm getting, I'm getting some of these timelines mixed up. No, maybe I'm not getting the timelines mixed up because I believe I came to this conclusion before officially looking into the next school that I wanted to go to, and because I remember I was looking into schools out of town, um, but really continuing to feel that tug of wanting to stay in Rochester. But I was looking elsewhere because I'm like, that's what I'm supposed to do. You're supposed to go away for college. You're supposed to get away. And nothing felt right. And I remember looking into Christian colleges because I'm like, well, there's that pastoral aspect and this and that. I need to find a husband. And like clearly feeling the spirit of Jesus say, no, that's not for you. I don't want you there. I want you... Um, in Christian terms, in a secular college, and um, you're not going to be studying pastoral stuff right now. That's just not, that's not what I have for you. And I remember just so wrestling with that and not wanting that to be the answer, but also just like 
not being able to um, shake the fact that, you know, what I was looking into wasn't what was going to be for me. So finally, kind of out of nowhere, um, Nazareth College pops up on my radar and I had forgotten that my mom had gone there and I suddenly like saw the campus and I was like, and I looked up their programs and they were the only one that had visual communication design as a major and um, it wasn't just graphic design. So I was going to be able to study illustration and graphic design and like other things, um, which is what I wanted. I wanted more diversity in medium versus just graphic design. And the campus just looked exactly as I had always pictured. And it was just this immediate, immediate, like, yep, yeah, this is what I need to do. This is where I need to go. And so that lined up quickly too, of just like, okay, no, I want to study a visual arts major. Okay. Now this is lining up. Now that's lining up. So all these things started to fall into place. So um, I'm still at MCC at the time and I am uh, taking an art history class. And this truly, there are just pivotal moments in our lives that we'll just never forget. And um, one of these art history classes in particular really stuck out. I remember um, my professor gave a question to the class and said, write a sentence or or definition um, of what you think art is. And I remember before this being very judgmental about different forms of art, thinking that um, different abstract things were kind of silly or like modern art was kind of silly and just having different judgments about like what what made you a true artist? And I was very protective over that. Like some of us were born with this and some of us weren't. And I just carried a lot of judgments. And then after being posed that question, we all were asked to share what definitions we wrote down and they were all different and they were all legitimate. And that launched us into this entire conversation about how it is impossible to define art and this just opened up my world, opened up my own approach to my own work, to other people's work. I um, now love modern art. It's one of my favorite types of art. I love abstract stuff. I make surreal art. Um, and it's not that those things weren't existing in my mind before, but I just carried these judgments in this almost perfectionist attitude. And I remember after that moment, that was like one of the first internal invitations for me to not be perfect with my art. That art serves the purpose of um, therapy. It serves the purpose of um, of being hyper-realistic or not super-realistic. It's a form of expression. It is something that like different types um, resonate with different people. And it's important to honor that rather than belittle because somebody... It's like with music, and it always would bother me growing up when I would really like a song and someone would kind of poo-poo it and, like, dismiss it. Because I'm like, this song feels like it's saying something about my soul. Like, can't you honor the fact that it means something to me, even if it doesn't to you? And I started to realize that I, that I needed to adopt that same mindset when it came to other forms of art. 
So that was like the first real release that I felt in my attitude towards art as a whole and towards my um, exploration of it. Now I'm still unearthing some of that perfectionism and stuff. It's not something that just magically goes away. But I will never forget that class um, and that day in particular. So I find myself towards the end of my MCC journey and I see that photography is a credit that I could take. Now, I didn't like the idea of being a photographer because also, and I think this is an Enneagram 4 thing, um, we really want to be unique. That's very important to us. And so the my my thought process towards it was everybody's getting into photography these days. I don't want to just be another person doing that. And so I stayed away from it, even though I was actually very interested in photography. So I saw that um, one of the extracurriculars that I was able to take for my new major, actually for both, for just communications and for visual communication design, was photography. So I took a summer course with it. And I, um, during one of our projects, we were allowed to pick what we wanted to do and one of them was an abstract series and I was um, introduced to abstract photographers and I was suddenly like this is this is the outlet I've needed to express what lives in my head I have wanted to give to make these surreal and weird and moody images and I've wanted to make them realistic um, but I couldn't through drawing but photography is a way I can do that and um oh I'm blanking on his name I studied I studied a photographer named Philip um oh I'm blanking on his name but um he really inspired me and my teacher really inspired me and my professor really inspired me. And so I ended up having a um, really good final project. And I chose abstract um, photography and my professor, even upon viewing, it was like, this stuff looks like it should be in a magazine. Like this is really good, Rachel. So pretty right away, it was clear that I had an eye for this and it just felt like I had come home to the medium I had always been longing for But then I knew I also needed to learn Photoshop, which is why it was really good that I went into visual communication design so I could learn um, how to manipulate the photos and make the true scenes that I have always wanted to. So these were like aha moments one after the other of just like things are aligning. This makes sense. This is what I need. And it shows how much I was running from myself. Um, But when just I started to honor myself that's when these beautiful things started to blossom. Um, And I do want to just say a quick aside about my attitude towards, well, everyone's a photographer. So yeah, blah, blah, blah. So my attitude has changed quite a bit. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen my reel that I made about this. But along the lines, um, several years into doing photography, I finally adopted this mindset of, I do not own photography. I did not invent photography. It does not just belong to me. And it doesn't just belong to the people that I deem my competitors. Um, I have my own right to explore it, to have a unique eye for it. And so do 
the other people in it. And it doesn't have to be a competition. It doesn't have to be a this. Some people are allowed to do it and some aren't. It can be this thing that anybody can access and honor themselves through. And I said it more eloquently on on Instagram, but um, you get the gist, or at least I hope you do. But that has helped me a lot to be like, I don't own this. So I am allowed to stake my claim in it and also everybody else's, and I don't have to be intimidated by that. And I've realized how much I am purposed with an individual voice and I for this. And so why, you know, it's not that I don't get insecure about other people's photography still, but like, at the end of the day, I don't need to compare myself to them because I am wielding my own purpose in this um, that is uniquely for me. And then I can learn from other people. If, I'm, if I am intimidated by them, that seems like a good invitation to learn and to be inspired by them. So anyways, um, fast forward, I go to NAS and I end up getting my first camera. And... As soon as people started to find out that I had a camera, they just started to hire me. And that was really cool because I didn't really go out of my way for it. People were just like, oh, can you do this and that? And, and obviously, and you know, I started off doing stuff pretty cheap and, but things just kind of naturally started to roll in without me really advertising myself. And, um, that was the beginning of stuff. And then I started to, to sell some, um, or, or earlier on, I think even before getting the camera, I um, began to sell some drawings and someone hired me for a portrait, um, for, a, for a drawn portrait. And so I went and got a DBA and um, decided that I wanted to, and my dad is such an entrepreneur that he was very much like, let's go get your DBA and let's make this into, into something. So I went and did that and, and the name Impassioned Art just came to me. I never really used the term impassioned. Like I've used the word passionate a lot, but I don't remember that being something that was on my mind. And it just kind of came to me and I'm like, this is it. This is it. Because for me, art it like flows from my core. And the things I do are backed with passion and purpose and to me, I am impassioned art as well as the things that I do. My existence is art, is a canvas. And so is um, what I do and how I execute execute things. And so this name really felt like it divinely came to me. And it has stuck even as I've been primi- primarily, excuse me, a photographer. I have wanted to keep that name um, because... I do think that this is all under the umbrella of art and not just photography. So that came to me. I got business cards. I got my DBA um, and I just started doing stuff. Um, And finally, so so maybe finally is not the right word. Where am I headed with this? Um, So yeah, things start building up and... um, I have another moment where I am realizing how much I love the melancholy and how many things that I want to create have an eerie darkness about it. And I felt guilty for wanting to pursue that because, excuse me, my voice just cracked, um, because I didn't want to um, 
dishonor my Christianity. I was like, well, is that honoring darkness? Is this and that? Like, I, I felt like this wasn't Christian enough of me. And I also had a draw to just photographing human skin instead of muddling it up with clothing. I loved the beauty of the blank canvas of the body. And I remember so clearly, and I didn't hear this audibly, but it was like an impression on my mind. I felt Jesus say to me, Jesus or the Holy Spirit both say to me, um, don't listen to what other people are saying you should you should be doing like listen to that voice of what you want to create like I am in that like do what's true to you like follow that um and so I did and I took my first self-portrait that was like really really leaning into my visions and I, I painted um black over my veins in my arms and in my, on my neck and I did this and I took my, you know, clothes off on my top and I just, um, it was meant to represent anxiety. And it was, it's still one of my favorite photos that I've taken, uh, not only because of that meaning, but because I actually really like it compositionally as well. But I remember that first moment of really just like trusting to lean into the edge. And then from that, things just started to flow. I started to lean into that edge more and more and more. And I started to create this surrealism that started to speak to so many people. Like I, I would pair my images with writing and then I would post it online. And then I'd also curate some shows, some like gallery showings. And every time I had a show, someone would, someone, if not multiple people would come up to me saying like, your piece brought me to tears and you, um, the way you write like really resonates with me and wow this image like I I just see myself in it like people were so so strongly resonating and it was like Jesus was saying like see when you trust yourself like there's power through this and so I just was just people were being broken open by the things I was creating um I had had a desire to be a um, participant in helping people who have gone through sex trafficking, but I knew that emotionally I was just too fragile and sensitive for it. Um, And so I never went into it, but I was like, man, I really have this heart for people who have gone through that. And one of my friends temporarily was like a therapist in that field. And she asked if she, if I had any extra prints that she could put in her office. And so I gave her some, And she would tell me stories about like this one woman looked at one of my pieces and without even reading what I wrote for it, just started to weep and said, this individual, like God speaks through them. Like whoever makes these, like she needs to know where they need to know that like God is speaking through them. And it was just so amazing to see that other like dream and nudge on my heart come true and and come to fruition through a friend um so these things were happening and and people you know on instagram were like the the way you write and articulate things um and paired with your imagery like it gives me words to things that I've always felt and people were like can I screenshot the things you say and share them with my therapist to put words to how I felt like this is stuff that just for years now has been a regular thing that I receive and it's meant the world to me because I'm using 
my um, teaching and writing and communication gifts, both visually and in other ways. And that has been really affirming. And it's been a constant affirmation to be like, when I lean into self and that deep knowing of self, um, really magic comes out of that. And that's been really cool and humbling. So um, I want to talk a bit more about self-portraits. Self-portraiture has been something very similar for me um, as to how drawing was as a kid. It's a very meditative thing. It's something I can get lost in. It has been a way for me to explore new artistic endeavors that have been in my mind. It's a place to just be with myself. Um, It's often been a place where I get to process things that I'm going through as well. So I'm either, I'm both processing and also creating things to show to the world, to tell people. It's like a regaining the narrative. When I have felt out of control, I've taken self-portraits and I'm showing the world how I see myself and how I want to be seen. And I also view it as a documenting my body and loving on my body and um, representing the worlds that I believe live inside me and just showing the world who I am. So that has been such a healing thing and um, just a beautiful meditative outlet for me. Um, It's been a big, uh, what's the right word? It's driven my business a lot. It's allowed me to really um, workshop new ideas that have then brought in bigger ideas for clients and and invited people in to hire me. So that's been really special to continue to do that and then to eventually um, post nude images online, which I don't know if I will talk more about here or if I'll talk more about that at a later date. But um, it's been a really cool opportunity of showing myself to the world and um, processing things. And yeah, you get the point. So um, fast forward even more. And I decided to work part time at Starbucks while doing freelancing stuff. And I tried to interview other places and pursue other options and really um, my dad was, again, another wonderful voice in this saying, Rachel, you you know you want to freelance. Like, why are you interviewing? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I have to. <laughs> I feel like I should. And so I just freelanced part-time. And my whole attitude towards my business was, I am going to let it grow naturally. I'm not going to push it to be in a season that it's not meant to be. I truly felt I was supposed to be at Starbucks for a few years doing that. And I was supposed to let my business grow naturally. And that's what happened. And, you know, when you have that intuition, when you have that knowing, even if it looks ridiculous to other people, you know, trust it. Trust the process. I have seen a lot of people really push, like, you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to grow your business. And sometimes that's great. And that comes at just the right time. And other times it's just trying to push you into a stage that you're Like the universe isn't ready to put you in. And so I found that being dedicated to networking and to looking for opportunity is very important. It's not that I was just passive about my business, but I also wasn't stressing about it growing a certain amount by a certain time. But it just so happened to come to a point where when I was very ready to leave Starbucks, I was also very ready to 
um, be a full-time freelancer. So, um, although I want to wind back briefly into still being in college and being at NAS, um, I have a friend named Christina that I met in college and, um, she runs Gem Creative Co. I'll put that in the description. Uh, she is a phenomenal brand, um, designer and graphic designer. She's just truly, truly incredible at what she does. And I will never forget this thing she told me in college. And it was that, um, she was like, Rachel, the very way that you exist is artistic. The way you talk to people, the way you interact, the way you do things like it's, I see it all as art. And that was just so affirming because I had seen myself that way and that feeds into this title, Impassioned Art. But to have somebody else acknowledge that and see that was just so life-giving and really reiterated that like, yeah, this this impassioned art force in me is um, accurate and beautiful. And um, I'll just never forget those words. They were just so, so kind and so powerful. So fast forwarding to being at Starbucks. So I'm finally, so I, I, the pandemic hits and I'm not trying to make light of the pandemic whatsoever. I know that was really atrocious for so many people. And I am very grateful that it really wasn't for me because I know that was not necessarily the overwhelming experience for a lot of people. Um, But I will say that Creatively, the pandemic was um, a gift to me. And again, I don't at all mean that as in the pandemic was a gift in general. I'm not trying to belittle or lighten anybody else's horrendic, horrend, excuse me, horrendous experiences. But it did prove to be something that was really good for my creative practice and me as an individual. I mean... It was the final catalyst to break me wide open to accepting my queerness, to becoming sexually active, to to being um, just fully accepting of self, to fully deconstructing the church. Just all these things that broke me open and I was so grateful for that. But it also had me slow down and be at home and help me to revisit my self-portraiture that I had just not touched in a little while and through that I finally decided to experiment with monochromatic imagery something I'd been wanting to do for a long time but I had been hesitant to and I started to do these self-portraits that were monochromatic and Christina actually was one of the people who really supported me in this but a number of people were like we want to see more of this like this is such a Um, bright spot on our feed like please share more of these and there was just this huge response that I was finally like you know what maybe I'll offer these to people so I like set out I I offered three slots for $25 each like super 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 low price but I wanted to see if people are interested and immediately those slots were taken up and I was like, oh, okay, people want this. And so I then offered more and those were taken up. And then I started to raise my price slowly but surely. And 
have things just kept rolling in. And that was one of the best decisions um, for my business that I made. It brought in the traction and the traction just kept coming. And eventually I got enough traction where I felt comfortable leaving Starbucks. And I'm just so grateful. And that taught me such a huge lesson of like, we have individual voices and when we honor them and listen to them, like people respond to that. Your numbers go up, or at least I found that my business always gets the most traction when I offer things that are truest to myself. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Instagram's numbers are all over the place and there are times that I've spent a lot of work on something and it gets no attention. But but instead of trying to be other photographers or trying to do what other people are getting attention for, like stay true to your vision because people can tell when it's authentic. Um, and not to mention it was really a good time for this to happen during the pandemic because people shared how the color on their feeds was so life-giving in the midst of a really really hard dark dreary time for a lot of people and um, especially color during the winter and stuff so people were just eating this up and um, continue to and I'm so grateful for that so that's an example of trusting self and how things you know took off more and um, you know then I've made decisions to start this podcast because I felt for a long time that I've wanted to share more on a spoken word uh, platform and share more from my life in that way and not just through writing and photography and um, then eventually it got to a point where I was ready to offer boudoir that felt like the logical next step um, both because people were asking when I would start doing boudoir and also because it had been something I wanted to do forever and um, yeah there's just it's just been a truly magical journey and it has been full of um, imperfection, full of learning, and um, I'm continuing to learn. And I'm, you know, at a place where there are new growing pains that I'm exploring and new things that I want to do. And um, I'm just so grateful for everybody that has supported me this thus far. And um, yeah, also just grateful to We Design Co., who I also work with a bit. And um, yeah, really, really grateful for, for Ellen who runs that and has also allowed me to do some, um, you know, weekly freelance work with her and, um, yeah, just really, really grateful for this whole journey and continuing to trust self and watch things, you know, fall into place. And it's not that they miraculously do, you know, I, I do have to post online. I'm quick to network. I, you know, there's a million things that you do, but also so much of my journey hasn't necessarily been traditional. It hasn't necessarily followed any kind of a formula. It's been, um, yeah, just kind of beautiful and messy. And, um, impassioned art is just me. And my attitude towards people and what I feel like I bring to my brand is um, I can't tell you how many people have talked about how I captured their essence and how empowered they felt through my through the photo shoot and how 
disarming I am and how comfortable working with me is. And that has, those have just been the, the feedbacks I've gotten, the feedback I've gotten, um, just over and over again. And it's been super humbling because I thought that my spiritual channel would mostly be through verbal, through that preaching and teaching. That's why I wanted to go into communications and that's what I needed to do. Um, and it's been incredible to see how our channels continue to work, uh, in the midst of just various decisions. Like, I wasn't expecting me just showing up and being true to my artistic eye and just being myself would draw people out of themselves or would, like, just people were having and continue to have these breakthroughs in our photo shoots and it's not that I'm necessarily showing up to try and do that. I'm just, I show up with the mindset of make, like, I'm going to direct this person. I want to trust my own creative eye and I want them to feel celebrated. And I want to just be really cognizant of the best ways to capture them. And by doing that, people have just had so many breakthroughs and been like, you captured my essence, or I've never liked a photograph of myself until now. I've never liked my body until now. Like, I truly saw me, like all of these things. And it's just been so humbling to see the ways that my um, spiritual channel consistently comes through in sometimes unexpected ways. Um, It doesn't always have to be this one way that um, we affect people. So yeah, that is the overview of my story. I I'm so grateful for everyone that I've worked with, so grateful for everyone listening in, and I just want to leave you with knowing that you are also impassioned art. Your life is an incredible canvas, and there is so much natural creativity in you, whether you think of yourself as an artist or not. And I encourage small business owners to, you know, welcome the messiness of the process. There is not a perfect formula for every single person. Um, different resources are good for different people and um, yeah trust the process be gentle with yourself just want to add a couple corrections here at the end first of all the photographer I was trying to think of is not named Philip it's Felipe Halsman and also I wanted to correct my referring to the pandemic in a past tense because I know we're not um, entirely over that yet So those were just a couple corrections I wanted to add in at the end here. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I hope that you felt inspired or encouraged in some way through my story. And I hope that you continue to unleash your own creative power and trust that knowing of your purpose and that just inner voice that leads you from one step to the next. Um, so much love.